0: hey hey we're your hosts
1: i'm charlotte and i'm jonathan and we believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give to yourself is the gift of wholeness through integrating all aspects of what it means to be human
0: and in this podcast we're bringing you insight information and inspiration to move from a stressful to stress-free life
1: your journey to become an even healthier and happier starts right now
0: welcome to wellness theory the podcast Speaking to like-minded professionals is one of our favorite things to do. And today we're joined by Caroline, who's super aligned with our belief that everyone has the right and the capacity to live a healthy life on a deep level. Today we talk about what deep health is, why it's so important and how we can start to build strength in body, mind and spirit. So let's get into it.
1: So today we've got the wonderful Caroline who is joining us. If you would like to just introduce yourself for us, Caroline, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do.
2: Absolutely. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. So um, I'm Caroline Dunn and I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, and yoga teacher. Um, and my like main message, my mission um, is to help people find strength in mind, body, and spirit. Um, and that encompasses like long lasting food freedom and body confidence and um, so I'm really into the like it's not just a set of squats it's about the whole person um, and I do coaching and classes as part of that so I'm um, really excited to delve into that tell you more about that today
0: excellent so yeah, tell us a little bit about kind of like your background how did your journey lead you to where you are now
2: so um people are always quite surprised when I say this that actually um I really didn't like exercise as a child um because I was a personal trainer first like that was kind of like my main my main thing um so I hated sports and the only thing that I was pretty much interested in was dancing um and my journey kind of began at university with this um I'd just gone through a bad breakup which I'm sure we've probably all been there before. You feel a little bit destroyed, don't you? Um, and running for me came at just the right time. It was getting outside into the fresh air, that joyful movement, the therapeutic kind of pattern of your feet on the pavement. And so that was actually my journey into, into exercise. Um, and from there, it was a slow burner. So I then came to weightlifting, and... Um, probably five years ago now that was a whole nother story and it changed a lot in my mindset um I think I struggled to make things consistent and I know a lot of people are in that same boat you know exercise and, and health and wellness can it almost feels like a bit of a luxury um you know you'll do it when you've got the time when you've got the energy um but for me about five years ago the the weightlifting utterly changed um kind of my level of experience and that's what fired me up to take this into my career um, to do the personal training and then to do the yoga teaching and then to add on the nutrition coaching Um, and I can go into that if you want kind of like that little change that happened for me
1: yeah I mean absolutely because there's so many people that are listening to this and you know we, we have a lot of ladies listening to this as well that might still be under that illusion that weightlifting is really just for guys and it's quite intimidating and I know that's definitely changing that mindset just generally speaking um, but it's such a game changer not only just through consistency and attitude around health but in terms of results as well and how essential it is so I'd, I'd love for you to share that definitely.
2: Yeah um, I mean my initial ideas about weightlifting, I used to tell this to my husband and he laughs about it now, um, was that weightlifting was repetitive and boring. <laughs> <laughs> and why would I wanna do that? Um, but he's, he was actually um, into it way before me. So he was actually the person who made it less intimidating. He was able to show me the gym and you know what the different bits of kit did. Um, and I'm, I have to say that's really helpful. Having a guide initially to break down that scary environment is amazing. And as I started to do it, um, the mindset shift is what changed my level experience, changed my mindset and made it there for something that I could stick with and be consistent. Um, and that was, and obviously this is done with the hindsight of, of years now, so <laughs> it wasn't that I walked in like, oh, I'm changing my mindset. <laughs> this realisation came later on, um, but um, you may may not know, I'm quite a small human, so I'm 5'2", and I'm quite little, and that. Uh, most people are taller than me and I used to find not just the gym environment intimidating but to be honest like most social situations Um, you know being faced with a wall of humans who are larger than you like my reaction was I'm small and insignificant and for me therefore um weightlifting started to become a way to redefine that so it started to actually be not that I'm small and insignificant but I'm strong and it didn't really matter like my strength relative to someone else so you know it did it wasn't matter it wasn't a matter of how much was on the bar or anything like that but it was actually the case of I can pick this up I'm strong I can pick up more next week I'm stronger and that gave me this confidence and that became identity and that's the key point for me about how to like make something consistent in your life When it's part of your identity, I was investing in that. I was turning up to the gym to be, I
1: am stronger,
2: not because working out is good for me.
1: I love that that's this so 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 relative like not just in in health and wellness but just in general in life how we identify with ourselves is how we show up where like and in reality no matter what front you try and put on if you genuinely believe your identity is small and insignificant to your example that's kind of how you're going to show up in some way no matter how, how hard you try so I really appreciate you sharing that because that's usually one of the first places that put the, most people need to look when it comes to any kind of change they want to make make in their life is how are they how are they identifying with where they are now and how does that identity need to shift to close the gap to where they actually want to be how long did it take you to to almost start to have that complete shift or is that still ongoing
2: I mean I think obviously it's still ongoing but actually probably probably still years because you know um it's a journey isn't it and I was learning along the way and I think my personal journey now probably represents a lot of what my clients go through so I probably started on engaging on just a well it's a set of squats great I'm feeling stronger um, this idea of almost things fit in parcels I can figure out my nutrition I can figure out my exercise and then actually you start to find surprising connections and um, like emotionally surprising connections that mean that it starts to become a lot more complicated in a great way like a lot more shades of gray as opposed to just black and white um set of squats and then eat a salad it starts to become a whole much bigger life experience
1: oh yes one of the things that we talked about that obviously drew us to kind of have you on the podcast as a guest and from the work that you do is your take on deep health and I'd love for you to share what d- you feel deep health means to you, but just how important that then is, because I know that's kind of w- where you're talking from right now when you say it's not just about like these pockets of lifestyle areas that need to come into play. it's this collection of things that we need to pay attention to, which is deep health. So tell us more about that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, let me tell you a little bit, brief over what deep health is and then how it sort of applies into my coaching and, and therefore into people's lives um so deep health um encompasses a broad spectrum of all of the things that make up our full picture of health um, and first one is physical so physical health for me i define it as feeling vibrant and energized and thriving and then we have emotional which is experiencing a full range of emotions and also appropriately expressing them then we have environmental health. Um, and that is one that I think is underestimated. Um, we might come back to that one. I'd love to delve more into that one. Um, but environmental health is knowing that your everyday surroundings support your health and wellbeing. And um, mental health, which is like the, the um, characteristics of being alert, focused, competent, thoughtful, being able to make decisions. Um, two more, existential, which again is underestimated in some of today's society and culture which is a sense of meaning and purpose in life and that can be interpreted however you like it doesn't mean necessarily religion or anything like that it's why do you get out of bed every day what is your mission what are you aiming to give the world what's your impact and then finally relational which is feeling connected and authentic with others like feeling a sense of belonging and for me when I coach the reason why this is so relevant is that quite often people enter in a specific area of that deep health and quite often that's for me being the personal trainer and that people mainly know me for is the physical health and once they've engaged with that then actually you start to realize there's more feeding into that underneath so let me give you an example and most of us know that how we feel can affect how we eat and it can be a lot of people's like number one nutrition challenge well if we were to just address the nutrition the physical health then that advice would look like eat more vegetables (laughs) and drink more water um and if it was that simple like we'd all be doing it um so I don't push the deep health but when people say these things to me and come to me with these issues in my mind it's framed by, by this this deep health framework and so actually we start to dig a little deeper it's not about eating vegetables, why are you making those nutrition choices? Um, And things like, so people come to me saying things like, um, I eat when I'm stressed, or comfort eating, which, you know, given lockdown, um, a lot of people might be nodding along right now. Yes, that's me. Um, And I think with the framework of deep health, you can start to create a bit of space to make a different choice if you want to. And that's key. It's like, it's that personal choice. It's not an automatic behavior. Now you have greater space to choose something different. Um, so some, something like the comfort eating, there's nothing wrong with eating for your emotions. It's not something that requires to be fixed, but with great awareness, with this deep health, we can look at, well, is it the fact that it's available environmental health? Is there another tool that would actually like meet that need better? And yes, it might still be the packet of biscuits, but maybe it's the taking time out. Maybe it's a conversation with someone else and um, something that addresses that need in a in a deep way so that it's not that you've eaten the packet of biscuits and still feel empty and dissatisfied. Yes. And that for me is why it's so crucial to have the deep health because. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're not tapping into, you're not able to access the long lasting change. You're just like sticking a plaster on there. Well, maybe only try to eat two (laughs) biscuits.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, it is so true what you said about that deep health and the funny thing is most people's obviously like version of health as we already said is physical so everything they're going through all the issues they're facing they're always trying to eat better or to exercise harder or to start exercise and think it's going to fix everything um and like you said like you know that deep health is needed but most people aren't aware that there is more to and their health and just the physical so it does take them a bit of time and um to realize that and connect the fact that their stress their emotional health and mental health all comes into play when it comes to um fixing well just dealing with the issues that they're facing um, and trying to again trying to fix by going from diet to diet or going from workout to workout trying something different trying the best workout there is or the best nutrition plan out there it gives them a very short results a temporary solution and then they just go back to their same old habits again and get the same result get the same issues coming up over and over again so i think the more people become aware and understand what health actually is and like i said deep health is focusing on all those factors especially what good one you said about environmental factors most people forget about is what's happening around you does have an impact on your decisions and how you actually show up and act um, in terms of your health so I think the more people can become aware of that, it can be a massive game changer for people's lasting results, for the, for the results they're looking for, kind of-
1: I think you, hit, you both hit the nail on the head there of what I was about to say in terms of lasting change and, and get into that root cause. This is what we're all about at Wellness Theory as well, which is why we so align, Caroline, with what, what you do, because getting to the root cause and actually really nipping that in the bud and letting go of any emotional charge that's attached to things or thought patterns that don't serve us anymore, or even it, decisions about boundaries and environments are also essential as well. And when we get to that root cause, that's the thing. That's the one thing that then helps to create that lasting effect and sense of lasting change. And if anybody's listening to this episode and has done the the classic yo-yo diets and the classic go to the gym and stop at the gym or the classic yeah, I'll start on Monday kind of attitude, it's going to really, really serve them and serve you listening to this to actually look at under the surface and look a bit deeper and see what else is going on because very rarely is it just uh yeah you need this exercise plan and this nutrition plan like so so rarely
2: (laughs) that's why I say it's like it's surprising and emotional when you actually get into looking at it in this way and I think also breaking it down to a process is quite important for me because this ask this idea of like your full picture of health and deep health can almost feel kind of so airy fairy unattainable how do i even start to get there so um maybe it's the chemistry teaching me i like to break it down what does this look like as a process how do i do it in my life um and so i'd love to go into a little bit of sort of how how i'd approach that if that sounds good
0: yeah well after that, that was actually that's what was <laughs> you next is like how do you actually help people build strength yeah. in their body mind and um and spirit how do you do it
2: yeah so the the process for me starts with um what we've already touched on so it starts with the deep why um and that looks like a a, a focused couple of weeks where someone would come to me with a goal and that goal tends to be something quite specific. So, for instance, I'd say a a large majority of my clients initially come to me with a weight loss goal because they're engaging with me from the sort of the physical aspect initially. Um, and, And that's great to have such that clear focus. And the way that I then unpick that is a series of why questions. And to not like make too much of a joke it, but you know the toddler that goes like, but why? But why <laughs> that's me. Yeah, oh, this that's... is I'm like still <laughs> to this day. <laughs> so we do this process of actually uncovering um why that person might want to. I'm gonna use the example of losing weight, but it could be anything, it could be gaining weight, it could be like injury rehabilitation, whatever it is. Um and quite often it's not about the losing 10 pounds. So when you dig a little deeper, it's there's some underlying root cause that's that actually is motivating that goal Um, and when you start to dig it 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 becomes things like um i'm concerned about my health long term and what its old age is going to be like that's an example another one might be um am i going to be able to be around and be present for my children um, other things might be, um, well, currently I want to lose per 10 pounds because the deep reason is I don't feel good enough as I am. And actually, when you can bring awareness to that and vocalize it and, and have that written down, it starts to put everything else in perspective. So, every other change that you then like suggest and give options for is in this frame of the deep why. Not about losing the ten pounds that can be quite easily, kind of ditched and moved away from, and it it doesn't like surge someone long term. And then once we've identified that deep why, it's all habit based. I love using the habit based process, and I think it's such a, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you like the term, but life hack to achieving amazing things in your life, and to break it down to like two minutes. Because um, I've got some like, cool catchphrases for you here. So why habits work so so well. And that this these two minutes, the, the two minute action, then leads to motivation, and then momentum. And so many people think they need to be inspired and motivated to start I've got to dig out the willpower and let's use the willpower, when actually it's the other way around let's use that two minutes to build confidence and motivation and momentum and then do the next two minutes because two minutes for most people is achievable it's I love that. overwhelming
1: what is what is the two minutes like what do you suggest to somebody so you've gone through you, you've, you've dug deep you've found that emotional hot spot as to why they yeah. wanted to achieve this result what does that two minutes look like for some of your clients because i would imagine it's slightly different for everybody yeah
2: yeah let me give you a whole host of examples so if you want to run then a lot of people's goals are like, right, well, I'm going to go for two 15-minute runs twice a week. And actually, that's huge. That is enormous compared to what they are doing. So the two-minute action is put your trainers on and go out the door. And you can smile and you can literally you can walk back in again at that point. <laughs> it might be having the glass of water straight away by your bed. And the first thing you do is you drink that water. It might be um, connecting to an affirmation Um, it might be doing 10 deep breaths it might be doing 10 squats just that simple thing it's like a vote towards that deep why towards that person that you want to become that best future self
1: nice it's it's so important what you said about that why becoming first because like you said there is like You know, it's hard to ditch something you've created an emotional connection to. And if you know that you're agreeing with a coach like you to 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 do this two minute habit in order to get them moving, to to kind of gain momentum to get the results they're looking for, it's it's coming from a place that's deep, (laughs) like you said. As cliche as that sounds, and what we've been saying, like it's so easy for somebody to then understand the real reason why they're doing it. They're not doing it because they think they should. They're doing it because there's
2: an emotional connection to it aren't they yeah and then the absolutely i completely agree with you and the other thing as well is that i feel a habit-based approach it starts to frame um things in terms of feedback and not failure because it's so small and you put it in this perspective of let's try this out does it make us feel better or was it unhelpful And therefore it's like this continual learning process of figuring out what works for you rather than adopting like someone else's morning routine or someone else's diet. This little habit based approach is like, well, this is another piece of feedback. This is another interesting piece of information about myself. And then for that person can start to build up something that is theirs. It's not someone else's it's their life and their body and their choices.
0: (laughs) Uh, for sure and um, like exactly what he says was what we reiterate so many times for people who ask for help um, is there is no one size fits all you are individual like everyone asks, oh well, this is happening what do I do okay without actually knowing you knowing who you are what you do all these things about you we can't we can only give you generic advice that may or may not work to understand you as a person to be able to actually give you um, advice and guidance is actually going to work for you. We need to know about you. We need to spend time with you. We need to be able to see what works and what doesn't. And that does take time. And that's what a lot of people don't want to hear initially. They want something. That, I've got this problem. Give me something that's going to fix it now. Yeah, but yeah. It doesn't work like that. Um, and that's why I think the more people become aware of that, and they start to think, okay, I'm, a, I'm an individual, and I can't just take any random advice or program or plan that I see on the internet or someone gives me I've got to really start to think about what I what actually works for me Um, and then I think all these fads will start to kind of drop off a
1: a good coach will always ask Mm. for that feedback Mm. they will always ask well how did it feel for you right like you Mm. just said quite rightly that feedback is essential Mm. and that that's quite brightly what John just said there about, you know, people going and taking an off-the-shelf program, it just doesn't work, because there's no space in there to adapt yeah. based on the feedback that you're getting, and and you're so right, like feedback over failure, absolutely, 100% of the way, because so many people, they get stuck in this, this almost stress loop, and a, a cycle of, Oh, I tried, I failed again. Now that means I can't be consistent. Now they believe they can't be consistent. Now they think, okay, well, there's no point then. Why don't I just eat whatever I want and I'll just kind of see what happens. And loop. And, and then one day they get this idea, oh no, I'll start again. I'll try again. Cause this time I'm feeling a bit more motivated and it just goes on and on, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. And I, th- I think it's, it's really, it's still, it's still helpful. I think to recognize that pain point. A lot of people reach out for help when they feel that pain point and that is short-term pain. And if you are in that place, like that is an utterly valid feeling. I completely understand why you're searching for a quick fix because we want that pain to go away. Um, And I think just knowing that you have the option to not just fix the short-term pain is is also a message I'd really like to tell people. Like, yes, you can get the short-term fix, but have you considered yes the short term fix but something that's going to actually help you longer than that um but I don't think anyone's right or wrong in like reaching for whatever methods they do that pain exists because you know you're wanting that change so don't invalidate whatever that is yeah. you know wherever you are right now
1: Definitely, because we've got to understand is that we're motivated by pain and by pleasure. And pain is usually what gets us started, right? That's what lights us up. That's what sparks us to go and search for these solutions. The thing that keeps you going and creates the lasting change is when you're moving towards pleasure. If we're constantly trying to move away from pain, we'll forever be focused on that pain and moving back towards it all the time. So it's absolutely adamant for people to understand it's okay if pain has got, got you triggered and got you sparked up and psyched for it. But that, that deeper approach, that lasting change approach must come from that, that mental shift and that focus But it sounds like obviously your approach there with the habits specifically helps them to do that. What happens next after the habits in your process?
2: So, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say there's necessarily an end point to that. Like, because there's so many aspects of of, of, uh, deep health, for instance, I've had people who I've now coached for years And what happens is they'll pick an initial kind of area to work on. They'll work on a set of habits. And then what I try and emphasize and put this perspective is that your life comes in seasons and therefore at some point your goals will shift. That's fine. It doesn't mean that the ones you had initially were like wrong. It doesn't mean you succeeded or failed at them even. And then you'll shift into another area. And then perhaps at another point in your life, you then shift again. And so quite often we, I find this like cyclical nature where we come back to different aspects and, and it's almost like people are ready when they come back to it to dive a bit deeper. They've had some more experience and more coaching, some more habits. Um, and therefore actually people tend to, to stick around a long time with me <laughs> because there's so much to explore in so many different directions and, the way that you um, perhaps coach sleep when you start might be different from coaching someone in sleep like two months or two years down the line.
1: Yeah, definitely. It always will. We're always growing, right? We believe in the Kaizen approach of continuous improvement, 1% every day. Um, And integrating all those areas as one can be vitally important as well though. Because one of the things that I worked with a lot of clients on is this idea that they're feeling disconnected in different areas of their lives as well and that can sometimes come from too much segregation i completely um, support where you're coming from um with people focusing on certain areas because human nature that's what we do like that's totally normal and, and we need support with that but sometimes i think it's worth mentioning that sometimes that can actually be a bit of a blind spot for anyone listening that might just trying to be going all in on one area um, and I think we kind of spoke about this before we started hitting record today, was just how you know, we, we have people existing in mental health space mental health for men, mental health for women. Then we have physical health for men, for women, for this age group, that age group. And, and things, it's great that there's so many niches and so many experts helping in those areas. It's fantastic and I absolutely love it. But sometimes it can be a problem because some areas can, can often be neglected. In yeah. your experience, Caroline, like mm. what is the most neglected area when it comes to deep health?
2: Okay, so I mean, I, I kind of mentioned, so I said we were going to come back to it. I think in the context of health and fitness, it's, in, it's environmental. Yeah. Because, and I'm going to approach this on a, a couple of different aspects as well, because there's literally the objects we surround ourselves with. And then there's the less tangible things that we surround ourselves with. Um, so to start off with, I've, I've, I've got a wonderful quote. I don't know if you've heard of someone called James Clear, but yeah. this just sums up environmental health for me and that we don't rise to the level of our goals we fall to the level of our systems and so if you've got like the cookies out on the counter and you're working towards say like um, a more nutritious healthy eating goal then that plate of cookies if they're there they're going to get eaten (laughs) whereas if you just make that little gateway decision of let's put the apples there instead then that environment is now supporting you towards that goal that you've decided on Um, and I think we underestimate that entirely like your willpower is finite definitely especially in a highly stressed life where we're bombarded by notifications and having to make micro decisions all the time you don't fail if your willpower gives out absolutely not instead it should be a case of well how can we minimize those micro stresses and maximize the environment for the choices that we actually want to make and so an instance of this in my life is like um obviously you know because I've, I've, we've chatted about it before but I try and I'm achieving a lot at the moment having to cope with a lot do a lot I've got my full-time chemistry job I've got my one-to-one clients and I've got my classes and a house renovation and so environmental health is a big one for me because if that doesn't happen things are going to fall apart they absolutely are so my food prep has to happen in a couple of hours on a Sunday and that is my food for Monday to Friday but if I didn't sort that environmental thing out, then what I'd put into my body Monday to Friday would probably be, for me, pretty horrific in terms of the impact on my energy and my ability to do the things that I want to do. So that is such, therefore, a non-negotiable for me to sort that environmental trigger out, because then I don't have to think about what I'm going to eat Monday to Friday. It's there. It's nutritious. Um And therefore the power of the environment, I think is one that people underestimate the physical triggers.
1: I'd agree with that completely. I mean, (laughs) that that was our thing, wasn't it? When we were still working full-time corporate and kind of setting up everything that we now do, with that, it was our, our jam is food prep, but it was like always, wasn't yeah. it? Like without fail. Fortunately, now we're in a slightly different environment and we don't necessarily have to prep that intensely like for, for each meal. We've got the time and luxury to be able to do that now. But in the past, it wasn't always like that. It was so many stressors flying to different countries all the time, delivering different trainings in the corporate fitness space. And it it was it was intense. And and I just remember those times of like being in airports. Um, and you, the, the food options around you are, are pretty poor, especially yeah. in the GCC, even more so. And it's it, it makes a massive difference. And if you don't take into account those, those boundaries that need to be put in place, what needs to be in your boundary and outside of your boundary is yeah. essential, absolutely essential. Another interesting kind of spin on uh, environmental health uh, is it, becoming a lot more into people's awareness now is things like toxins, things like your um, EMFs coming from your mobile phones and and having your phones next to your bed and things like that. Like that's a massive gap right now that people aren't aware enough of that are really affecting people's health and wellbeing. And what's what's your thoughts on that? Uh,
2: Yeah, I completely agree there. I think it's barely on some people's radar even um and again I think it's um it's not headline news at the moment is it it's not kind of like it's not being pushed in people's faces and I don't mean that negatively but sometimes that you know like that social media push of this is now an issue gets more people like switched onto to it um, and things like that I would say also though for a lot of people that I work with um we look at what the needle movers are And therefore, I wouldn't necessarily suggest that someone needs to get hung up on it unless they've explored it. And actually, it's a needle mover for them.
1: Yeah.
2: You don't have to focus on making everything perfect in every single area. But (laughs) absolutely, I think for some people, that is going to be crucial.
1: Yeah, I agree completely because we we have to we have to focus on the, the needle movers definitely because there's only a certain number of things you can focus on at once without going crazy. Um but the 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 thing is like sometimes people overlook like some people might have issues with their hormone health and not realize how uh shot bought deodorant is affecting their hormonal responses and things like that. So that that's just another area for any listeners to think about, right? start opening their minds to the environmental side of health absolutely in terms of preparation and all of that side of it but also the untapped areas that could be a needle mover for them that maybe they haven't considered yet
0: yeah definitely the same when it comes to food as well you look at um, nutritious healthy foods fruits and vegetables a lot of supermarkets um, are they should pack well they still got a thin layer of uh, pesticides or chemicals that attached to them And they just say something simple as running them under warm water for a certain amount of time can help to get rid of that before eating it. Um, And something that small, even if it's just a tiny little bit, can have a big effect internally on the body. So I think just having that awareness as well about um, even the so-called healthy foods in supermarkets can carry some hidden. And by just simple taking simple actions like just washing, Um, your food before you eat it like fresh vegetables and that can make a big difference to what you actually what actually goes into your body
2: yeah and I think also appreciating that things like that are a lot more complicated than they seem so like yes the scientific research has been done on specific chemicals specific pesticides this is safe but what we don't know very much about is if you put a cocktail even in tiny amounts by cocktail just mean a mixture of those different chemicals into the body they all interplay off each other and that's why things like eating an apple or a pepper contain potentially more nutritious benefit than taking the supplements on their own because yeah. the chemicals interact in the body and it affects the absorption so i'd utterly echo that that actually it's not a case of like this specific ingredient but it's being aware of of yourself as a biochemical system that's so insanely complicated um that actually just by simply washing you're you're sort of negating stuff that you don't even know about (laughs) the chemistry of all of those different things is kind of taken care of by washing rather than just thinking i'm removing that chemical yeah one
0: hundred
1: percent. Listen, I, another thing that's so so important for you, and I think you touched on it earlier. We said a lot of people see you obviously as as a trainer in terms of their entry point into to deep health with you, um, and that you focus heavily on the movement side of things in what you do. So why is that such an important element to what you do? I love this question. Like, thank you so much for asking it. <laughs> um, and
2: movement, I think again was um something in my life that probably echoes the journey of my clients so I also came really to the whole health fitness and wellness space through starting moving and I think it's so crucial because it can be a gateway and it can be a gateway into other change and it can be a gateway into the other aspects of deep health and into the mindset um and movement is such a game changer because it's not theoretical it's an experience that your mind and your body go through so movement for me is a way of living your way to the answer you know you can you can go through the pros and cons of everything until you're utterly utterly confused or you could pick up a barbell and see if you can or can't do it <laughs> and that is a way of living your way to the answer um, and it also, I think movement for me, it starts to normalize things and, and work on mindset that society doesn't give us. So for instance, like it normalizes failure. Like how many times in our lives have we been told that we pass or that we fail or that we succeed or we don't succeed when actually like things like yoga and dancing and weightlifting, failure is gonna happen. Like all the time <laughs> multiple times a session and realizing that that's okay because then when we do the habit based stuff you've got that context of well i'm going to fail and that is part of the process and um, you learn about it and we that links into the science as well so i don't know if you've heard of something called growth mindset this yeah. idea that you know like um our traits our personality our intelligence is not fixed you can improve all of those things Um, and it's something that i think led me away from the chemistry teaching and into the health and fitness area because it's so hard to educate a teenager on growth mindset when they're given like an a a b a c a d whereas you give someone a barbell and they can't do it one week and then they can do it again in six weeks time that Experience of doing that with someone, seeing them light up of something, being able to do something they couldn't do before, for me embodies this growth mindset. Absolutely, um, and it therefore leads into so many interesting conversations um, about stress and success and failure and everything else. So, it's
0: you're pretty sure, like, I completely agree with what you're saying, and I think one thing for anyone listening to understand is. Is, uh, is to think about what we kind of, what we like to call mindful movements. Um, Cause like movement, everyone moves. Um, problem is a lot of people are so disconnected from their bodies, They're not actually sure what's going on when they do move. They're not actually sure what, if their body's responding well to it, what they're feeling, what they're supposed to be feeling. So I think moving more mindfully and connecting with the feelings and experiences your body's going through is important to make sure those movements you're doing are right for you. Um, but also getting the result that you want, because I remember time, many times in the past where I used to kill myself in the gym for hours a day, like six, seven days a week, barely getting a result. Everything just so hard. It was like, it shouldn't be this hard. That's because I wasn't listening to what my body was telling me. And this, I had the same issue with clients a long time ago, is why aren't they getting the result they want in fast enough? Because what they were doing was disconnected from what they were feeling. And you start to bring that connection together and thinking, okay, this isn't working for me. My body's telling me, no, we need to change it up, try something different, find an alternative that your body does respond to. Then things become more effortless. You can still push yourself hard. You can still get a really good workout, but you feel great. You feel energized and you're getting the result in half the time because your body is actually responding well to what you're doing because you're actually connected with it. What are your kind of thoughts around that side of it?
2: Oh my days I completely completely feel that <laughs> completely resonates with me and um, it's probably something that I felt the most when I started a yoga practice Um, yes I attended the gym before but I think as you say that there's a certain amount of connection there's a certain amount of awareness that you build like from moving and, and that gym practice but I remember a few months into my yoga practice and I was like oh my god I can feel my body in and it was like this whole myriad of emotions and sensations and feelings that I felt like I'd never accessed before I was like I can feel the sensation of wiggling my fingers and you feel just like your stomach more and a lot of people that have a, a stress and anxiety or or mental health problems there's it's all linked into the stomach and the digestion and so that for me is also a big one like how can you increase the sensations of what does your stomach feel like? How do you feel grounded? And the different sensations in your body. Um so I would love people to step a little bit away from the high intensity like hits, especially when we've been at home in lockdown. Amazing that people are moving, like primarily yes, if you are moving and you've been doing hits, well done you. <laughs> but I'd also love people to consider the stress of that because movement is a stressor you know you're using your muscles and your body's going to have to repair from that and i think there becomes a limit to throwing yourself around how much good you can necessarily do let's slow things down (laughs)
0: let's go
2: back to the basics of like a walk (laughs) (laughs) and breathe the fresh air and notice and notice how your body changes during that walk and the different sensations it gives you so I'd love for people to put their movement more in the context of um feeling it and considering the overall stress in their lives and the different sensations that it opens up for them yes definitely
0: definitely um yeah and this is like you said the higher the intensity the higher the stress And the longer that is on for, it can cause issues, especially if you're already starting your workout in a stressed state anyway. Um, But a lot of people have that misconception that the the harder they work, the better the result they get. So the more they push themselves, the the higher the intensity, the better the result. And that's not always the case. Um, Like, yeah, okay, if you're an Olympic athlete or you're a, a competitor, you've got to kind of, you, you've you got to challenge yourself. But for the average person who are looking to improve their health, lose a bit of weight, maybe gain a bit of weight, you don't have to kill yourself every day or even yeah. a few times a week. It should be more mindful of what you're doing and finding what works for you that has a big, big um, impact on your results. So what, what would you say to someone listening who maybe isn't in that intensity mindset thinking, I've got, I'm not getting the result I want, so I've got to do more and push harder. So what would you say to them to kind of, Try and help them see a different perspective and slow things down and actually try and connect with themselves more
2: yeah first of all i'd say come with understanding to where you are now you're approaching that exercise because it is a method and a tool that has served you in the past that high intensity and that drive has got you through some tough stuff and so it's only natural that you're bringing that approach into your exercise It's not something that's wrong. It's something that we should honor and realize that actually our body and our brain and our our nervous system are have been trying to help us out by employing that tool. Um, And then secondly, I'd say slow down. (laughs) As simple as that sounds, if you're approaching a set of squats, bring in accounts, slow it down and just Notice what it feels like. It it doesn't have to be a case of, right, I want you to change everything about your exercise, ditch your high intensity, but try something slow and how does it feel? And use that as feedback to then start to change the next thing and then potentially the next thing. Um, And I think also a lot of high stress, high achieving individuals, that is definitely the approach that they come to. I've got a lot of clients that are highly stressed and want to give themselves more stress in their workout. So it's constantly a reminder. And and actually this is maybe my biggest piece of advice, breathe, notice your breath. Are you hyperventilating? Because if you are, you're working too hard. Exactly. (laughs) You see this with runners a lot as well. Most runners out, again, amazing for going out running, go you, don't give that up. But if you're running at a pace where you can't hold a conversation, it's too high intensity, Um, you don't need to be doing high intensity exercise, I think this has come from some of the studies that have said high intensity interval training, you can get fitter in the least amount of time possible, but that's in a very isolated context, where maybe that person isn't under a lot of stress, if you have a high stress job, if you have kids, if you're juggling a lot of things, my advice generally is don't do high intensity, you don't have to do it, Um, and That's also tempered with a little bit of like, I know people enjoy getting sweaty to feel good. There's a balance, there's definitely a balance. And usually that high intensity is a lot less than you think it needs to be.
1: and and that goes back to what we were saying earlier about is listening to that feedback because high intensity if you are doing it as part of a quality pre-programmed structure then it's going to be healthy for you and you're probably getting good feedback and you're getting the results that you want but the chances are because it's become so mainstream and it's been a bit of a trend Mm. you know it's something that there's a lot of people doing it that maybe is not helpful for so it's not that it doesn't ever work obviously it's just that it needs to work in the right context like Mm. you quite rightly said there yeah. for me it was it was the same like I always used to be like stressed and then I'd try and like keep up almost with everybody else because of the kind of environment going back to what we said earlier that I was in and it just wasn't conducive for my own personal results for my mental health my emotional none of it it just wasn't serving at all and now interestingly enough on our stressful to stress-free kickstarter program that we run and um, for people that are just like super stressed out and want just to almost overcome the the biggest hurdles within as little as five days we teach them how to do exactly that how to come into awareness of their own bodies we teach them how to breathe how to connect how to feel what's going on how to understand how you're thinking and identifying with your experience when it comes to your wellness when it comes to your stress when it comes to your life you know like because it's it's so imperative that people do zoom out and then zoom back in in such, an, in such a deep way and, and feel what they're, what they're doing. So, Carolyn, I'm curious to ask you, like, because we could talk for hours on all of this, um, for sure, and go so many different directions. You've got, you've got the mic, you know, you've got an audience listening. What's the one thing that you wish that everybody knew about themselves?
2: Wish everyone knew about themselves you are enough and I do want to put that in context as well because I think this this it it sits at the root of our humanity I think this idea of we strive we strive because we don't feel good enough and therefore um I wish everyone knew just how good they are exactly the way they are what they do or don't do what they experience or don't experience you are enough and because then from that place of knowing that all of the amazing things can happen. Like if you come from an, an, a, a place of, I am enough, then the healthy food choices, they're not a struggle. They're naturally what you gravitate towards and the same with movement and in the same with meditation. Um, and the way that this looks like in my life is it's come from my yoga practice. So yoga is, is you may have heard the quote, it's a journey um, from the self to the self, through the self. Um, and it start, you start to realize that actually your true self is happy, peaceful, joyful, and completely enough exactly the way it is. And I'd like to thread the theme of kindness in there as well. Um, because you come from a place of I am enough, that looks like immense amount of kindness to yourself and therefore then propagated out to others. Um, And with kind of some of the things I've talked about, like the habits and the food prep and stuff like that, because I'm trying to do so much in my life, it can look like from the outside that that's just immense amounts of self-discipline. But it's not. (laughs) From the inside, it comes from a place of I'm looking after my future self. And that is from a place of kindness because I am enough. No matter how much I like, stumble over my words or put something stupid out on social media or make mistakes and fail and look like an utter like idiot that is still enough um and self-discipline without kindness is just punishment <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> True.
2: start from the place of I am enough and as I said yoga for me has been a big
1: tool for that journey amazing Awesome. beautifully put
0: definitely um so Caroline you've obviously we've spoken a lot about habits obviously in this episode today so I want to kind of speak such on your I say your life in the last five years so what do you feel has been either maybe one like a new belief a new behavior or habit that has most improved your life in the last five years
2: can I pick two <laughs> <laughs> okay so the the first one is breath work and meditation mm-hmm. and s- some people may find that entirely off-putting so maybe we can frame that as like a silence practice whether that's writing meditating breathing but kind of the same way as we've been talking about like a mind body connection I feel a lot of that stems from the breath and the way that we experience life, the where we experience stress happiness joy it's all linked into the breath um so doing regular breath work has been incredibly grounding um and also yeah a big way to manage stress it's changed a lot for me learning how to to manipulate that um yeah and then the second one um is more of a mindset thing so because know i think a lot of people. Have, Listening are gonna resonate with this. Like we try and do a lot. We always try and do more, be more. And I lived in this story of like, I'm so busy, guys. I'm literally so busy. I'm so sorry, but you just don't appreciate how busy I am. <laughs> and I'm not. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But a big game changer for me, um, which is a journey to this day that I work on to this day, is actually I get to take ownership of that stress and my priorities. And my life looks the way it does because of my choices. And that might sound simple, but it shifted so much. I stopped living in this, I am so busy mindset. And it felt like once I took ownership, all of the things that I wanted to do, I could still do. But without being stressed out of my mind, there became this sense of being able to do it with flow and grace and ease as opposed to striving and striving and pushing. So taking ownership for my, my stress, my priorities, my life and breathing.
1: I mean, awesome th- th- um, they're two things that we talk about all yeah, the time I love so I'm, I'm so happy that our audience <laughs> getting to hear somebody else say that because it's so 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 powerful mm-hmm. like just just owning what's going on in your world is essential if, if you if anyone listening to this still answers the question how are you with i'm busy mm-hmm. um, like there's some work to be done right when it comes to that yeah. owning and, and mindset of it as well it's like it's understandable that you yeah. feel you live in
2: a busy world and I'd also say it was an it was a painful place to get it was a painful journey to get to that point so there was struggle in there so if you are someone who's going through that like I absolutely feel you it is a hard thing to realize that you can take ownership because it puts it all on you doesn't it that's yeah. an incredibly uncomfortable place to be and all I can say is the other side of the fence of taking that ownership that responsibility is so much worth it than that initial pain of stepping into I'm responsible
0: yeah, definitely and uh, no, obviously I just want to touch on your um, on the breath uh, that you mentioned as one of your habits and uh, it's it's funny uh, over the amount of years we've been in the industry uh, every year they always bring out like the top like 10 or 20 trends of that year in the health and fitness industry and it's always like gadgets and classes and yoga and all this stuff in 2021 in the top five breath work was it was in there was like, for, for this year breathwork was actually in the top in the trending health and fitness kind of things going on so, um, far, this so far well as i said 2021 is like what, what's becoming more popular and that's never been in the list <laughs> and all the years you've been in the industry and it shows that it is becoming the forefront of people's minds now is how important something they always have from the day they were born and how much it can influence um everything every single system in your body if you know how to use it right um the correct way um, so it's really good to see that people are starting to that's you know, starting to become a big focus now in kind of the in the world of health and wellness which is awesome because it does make such a big impact on every single area of your life
2: i mean i could probably do a whole nother episode on breath <laughs> but if anyone um really wants to delve into i don't know if a uh, quick recommendation if someone's interested or in, intrigued by the breathing and um, the book breathe by james Nestor
1: yeah.
2: is a fantastic like pretty life-changing read when it comes to seeing your breath in your in your life yeah
0: Listen, I, I
1: definitely echo that. I mean, John's like the the breath king when it comes to wellness. Got theory. every
0: breath book. <laughs>
1: he's, he's, he's consumed them all about a hundred times, and he practices mm. like religiously. Yeah. Something I now practice religiously, really, as a result of his enthusiasm for it as well. And and it really is game changing on so many levels. Um, going back to how we kind of started the episode on the deep health level, you know, it, all of those factors that you mentioned there environmental, mental, emotional, and so on, like all all of them combined can be improved through breath. It's the one thing everybody has access to. It's free. All it takes is a little a basic understanding and you can already start to leverage it. Mm. When like you quite said there quite rightly it's like manipulating it. You've learned to manipulate it now to serve you in the ways that you want to, that's like that's that's more advanced. Like you don't even need to have to mm. learn to manipulate it in order to be able to experience the benefits. Just just stopping and breathing mm. in for five, out for five, in through the nose, out through the mouth.
0: Just become conscious. Once
1: a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm
0: conscious of your breathing. It, and it makes a world of difference.
1: It's 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 enough to start there and then build upon that and see what differences you you feel and what you notice uh, so yeah i'm so happy that you that you raised that as, as one of your things
2: absolutely echo that like your, bro- your breathing is going to change a ton of health markers the quality of your sleep how you can access like your emotions and your ability like it's been used in uh, training some olympic teams um like breath work as well um i, th- I think a swim team potentially and a running team as well so it's been implemented in some amazing ways and then also it's been implemented in um uh, certain health conditions as well um to so essentially like as i said you can delve into it in the in the book breathed by james Nestor. but people were literally going from bed bound to walking again just for being able to access their breath like how mind-boggling is that but i'd echo you as well like it doesn't need to be complicated um i love resonance breathing breathing in either for a count of four or five and out for a count of four or five you can literally od on that there's no like too much that you can do with that type of breath Um, and i think it's yeah fantastic it lives in
1: such a resourceful yeah. space when you're doing that coherence breathing it, it, it literally creates coherence between the heart and the mind and the body and it allows that synchronicity to work in your favor in any area of your life so yeah inside the body but also in all those life areas as well you'll see it project out and you'll, you'll start to see a ripple effect of just a simple breathing pattern which um, just interesting you said there about like the incredible things that can happen with breath that was like one of the fundamentals of what Cured your
0: chronic pain? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's literally that's the reason I started doing in the first place because of seeing these these stories, these studies done on people who've been over over, overcome serious illnesses through control through the way they breathe and visualize. And that's when I started to do. I was trying everything possible I could find in the physical world to fix my chronic back pain. I just tried to obviously control and be more conscious of my breathing and try some different um, breathing techniques and. Literally within two weeks of trying it consistently every day, my the chronic back pain I had for four years disappeared completely, um, and it was like, okay, yep, there's definitely mm. something in this um, this breathing thing, and now it's something I do religiously every single day um, because like I focus consciously um, breathing because it is so so powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part of your identity. It's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's going right full circle to yeah. how we <laughs> started. If anyone's into this explore what's going on with your with with how you're identifying with yourself explore the different deep health areas that that Caroline shared with us start to actually think about is there any area that needs a bit more attention for you and start small start basic understand Um, why build on the habits realizing that that comes in
2: seasons
1: yeah and that
2: reframes this idea of success and failure entirely yeah definitely
1: awesome so caroline where can where can people find you if they want to come and learn more
2: yeah absolutely so um you can find me under the plan harrogate so harrogate is my location um i'm called the plan because life's best with a (laughs) plan um so i'm under uh, on facebook um at the plan harrogate instagram at the plan harrogate and then website theplanharrogate.com as well um yeah i'd love to get involved um, with as many of you, hear your feedback from this, ask your questions. That'd be really cool.
1: Awesome. Listen, it's been incredible to have you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I think everybody's going to love you. Um, And yeah, they should go check you out now. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.
0: If you enjoyed this episode and you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.
1: Then share it with a friend who you think might benefit.
0: Spread the word. That's how we're going to impact the world by helping each other.
1: We appreciate you so much. And as always, unconditional love and wellness to you.